This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he listens to podcasts to learn about marketing. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Burton, and you're joining us today for episode 118 of Chamber Chat Podcast, where it is my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. I'm excited today to have April Bragg with us, the president and CEO of the Robbins Regional Chamber in Georgia. April is a dynamic leader and marketing expert with over 20 years of experience helping small businesses and nonprofits develop effective strategies and planning models to grow their organizations. April's professional experience covers a broad spectrum, including media production, governmental relations, business support, and community development. In 2014, April became the president and CEO of the Robbins Regional Chamber. Over the past 10 years, this community builder, business champion, and self-proclaimed chief memory maker of the Bragg Bunch has established herself as a valued resource by her peers in the chamber industry. She's a natural leader and trainer with an innate ability to bridge the knowledge gap between those who do and those who know how to get it done. April's greatest strength lies in creating vision, building support, and developing partnerships to achieve ambitious goals. A lifelong learner, this Georgia-certified chamber executive is a 2014 graduate of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Institute for Organizational Management, a member of the 2017 Leadership Georgia class, and the chair-elect of the Georgia Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. Thanks to her degrees in theater and marketing, April has never met a microphone or a camera she didn't like. She loves sharing her chamber story and the stories of her members with the world. April, thank you for joining us here on Chamber Tech Podcast. Please say hello to all the chamber champions that are out there listening and share something interesting so we can all get to know you a little bit better. Well, Brandon, thank you so much. Um, It is exciting to join the ranks of your esteemed panelists. I have a number of mentors and friends who have participated in episodes before me, and I'm just thrilled and delighted at the opportunity um, to spend some time with you um, sharing what what I'm passionate about. And so, hey, everybody, I'm April Bragg, President and CEO of the Robbins Regional Chamber, and um, it's it's a privilege to be here with you today. So, um, and as way of introduction, I thought I would share a little bit about my background and, and how I got here briefly. So, Growing up, my family owned and operated a flower and wedding shop in my hometown of Dublin, Georgia. Um, In fact, even as early as preschool, I used to get picked up every day by the flower delivery guy. And I spent (laughs) my afternoons putting toothpicks in the backs of flower heads. And those flowers were then put in a basket and then stuck into an oasis um, on a a platform that in my four-year-old mind looked like an overturned canoe. Well, it wasn't until many years later that I realized those flowers were the foundation of a casket. Casket, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
And, and at the time, you know, looking back, that seemed like busy work to keep me out of trouble or from playing with the helium tank. Um, but really, you know, uh, on my quote first job, I'm reminded of the impact every worker has on a business um, and even beyond um, the, the four walls of those businesses. So I can't think of a better way to understand and appreciate the sacrifices of small business owners than growing up in one. And I'm so thankful to have had that, that tremendous privilege. I remember coming home early from vacation because the mayor's wife had passed away and they wanted us to do the flowers for the funeral. Um, I learned the importance of employee culture. You know, the employees there, we had as, as many as 15 um, or so. They were like extended family for us. We even hosted them every year for Christmas breakfast um, in our home. My sisters and all, I, I all work there through high school selling pageant prom, formal, and wedding attire. And I think in the back of my mind, I always thought I would go home after college and join the family business. But God had other plans. And during college, I fell in love with the community I was in, in Milledgeville, and the people there, particularly the middle school band director. And remember in my bio, you read that I, I see was, where this is going. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember in my bio that you mentioned I was a, a theater major. So naturally, I took a job in sales at the local newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds much worse than it actually was. Um, in fact, I truly credit both my theater degree and that first advertising sales job as the foundation that prepared me for my work in the chamber career. But we can talk about that more um, at the end if we have time. Um, but I'm excited to be here and, and have lots to share. Awesome. I, I love it. And uh, I think you're right with your background. I think it prepped you just right. So it's a, a good combination. So share with us a little bit about your chamber and maybe size, location, budget, just kind of what you guys are about to give us a little more perspective as we get into our topic today. Absolutely. So the Robbins Regional Chamber is situated in what we like to call the heart of Georgia in Warner Robbins, Georgia, which is the home of Robbins Air Force Base. Robbins is the largest industrial complex in the state, boasting a $3.38 billion, with a B, dollar annual economic impact on our state and employing nearly 25,000 people, with over half of those being civilians. Our chamber has a membership of 750. Our community is about 150,000 population in our county, and we do have another chamber in our in our footprint. Um, we represent a lot of um, mom and pop businesses, um, corporations, as well as um, aerospace companies here. We have a staff of five and a board of 21. And it, this has been the most exciting seven years of my life leading this organization. And, um, you know, we are a, a 3C chamber charged with taking care of business in the Robbins region, whatever that looks like. Um, our CVB and Development Authority are tremendous partners to us, but are separate organizations um, that we collaborate with on development projects and community-wide issues. That's perfect. That, that really helps us understand where you're coming from as, as we get into our topic, which kind of settled on the idea of talking about uh, building an online community and how you guys recently did that there at the Robbins Regional Chamber. We'll get into this discussion of this topic right after the short break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. 
Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, April, we are back. Um, so as I kind of teased before our break, we, uh, we're talking about building an online community. So tell us a little bit about what led up to you guys creating an online community, um, kind of the, the thoughts behind it and the maybe the necessity that came out of it. Absolutely. So Brandon, I will be the first to admit that having a Facebook group is something that I said I would never do, that I never wanted to wade into um, because in my mind, they represented either drama or a tremendous amount of work to attempt to foster engagement that we really had very little control of. So um, March 2020, we have just wrapped up a, a very um, tenuous GACCE staff development conference. Um, and in the days leading up to the conference, I actually chaired that conference. We began receiving withdrawal notices from attendees due to the coronavirus. And we had we met as an executive committee and decided to press forward with the conference. And I'm so glad looking back that we did because it really was the last time that we had to get together with our peers um, before everything sort of hit the fan, if you will. During the two and a half day conference, we had three interruptions from the governor going live with press conferences, updating us on, on new developments and um, you know COVID case counts and things. And so we all knew as chamber professionals that the world we were returning to in our communities was nothing like what it was when we left. So as we moved into you know, our return home, I called my chairman and we notified the executive committee that we need to, to, to meet that Monday morning um, with our staff. Um, that call was quickly followed by dozens of conversations with all of our top upcoming event sponsors to let them know that plans would be changing and that our number, number one focus right now was just to take care of business, whatever that looked like. At this point, we had no idea what we were moving into, um, but we knew whatever it was, we had to be 100% committed. So that weekend, we spent time developing our COVID risk mitigation plan. On Monday, we presented that to our staff and board, um, you know, kind of sharing with them what our new normal was for the foreseeable future. And over the next several days and weeks, I saw my counterparts across the region and across the country 
reducing their chamber hours and furloughing staff. And this was a complete paradox for me because how could we as a member-driven organization cut back at a time when our businesses and our community needed us more than ever? It was also very clear early on that there was a tremendous gap, especially locally in our community, between the information that was being circulated and an understanding of just what that meant for us here in Houston County. And I felt deeply convicted to do something, even if I had no idea what that something was or how it was going to work. So on March 18th, we launched a Facebook group called Robins to Go. You guys can go check it out in hopes of creating a go-to resource for information about COVID resources, local business offerings for curbside and delivery, even PPP and toilet paper. Um, And at the staff meeting that morning, I told our team that, you know, if we ended up with, I don't know, 1,500 to 2,500 members, we would consider that a tremendous success. And boy, did I underestimate our potential. So within a month, we had surpassed 10,000 members, and today we sit just shy of 20,000 active users who all live, work, play, play, and belong in our community. Wow. (laughs) It's unreal. (laughs) 20,000. That is unbelievable. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I mean, it became a necessity, right? I mean, a a way to communicate, get information out there. I mean, everybody needs to know where to get toilet paper. So I I, I joke about it, but that was a serious deal. So um, did the the horror stories and the nightmares of having a a Facebook group um, come to pass or did you work through them? How did that, you know, how did that happen for you guys? Yeah. So we definitely worked through them. So in the early days, we didn't know what we didn't know. And we very quickly learned that we needed to put some safeguards in place, um, some parameters and procedures. The driving force behind this group was to connect our businesses with their customers to address community needs and to share information um, in a positive way business friendly environment. And so early on, we set ground rules. If you're going to, you know, throw shade or, you know, provide negative feedback, you've got the rest of the internet to do that on. Um, But this is safe space. We also wanted to make sure that everyone who engaged in our community was part of our community. So within a few days, I guess within the first, you know, two weeks, um, we changed it from completely open, anyone could join, to protecting that where members had to be approved. We then, after after probably another month or so, moved it to a moderated platform, which required us then to approve every post that, that came into the group. Um, so in the beginning, we were getting as many as five or 600 posts a day in the group. And, you know, we all had full-time jobs on top of this. And the thing that they don't really tell you about a Facebook group, I mean, it, it should have been a no brainer for me, but with everything else going on the world, I had failed to realize that our group operated 24 seven, whether we wanted to or not. And so um, we were able to engage uh, a handful. I think we had about 10 community members who volunteered to help moderate our group in those early days of of COVID and in the early days of our group and many of them taking the graveyard shift just so we could sleep. 
So now, of course, the the pace has slowed down. The um, the barrage of information has certainly come to a more manageable pace. But we actually have one of our our staff members who moderates the page during the the workday from nine to five, and then we have a rotation where we set up, you know. The, each member of the team takes either Monday through Thursday evenings from, from 5 until around 9 p.m. Um, or the Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend. And so we end up, you know, hosting the group about once a month, which isn't that bad, you know, yeah. if you think about it, um, managing it. But it, it doesn't turn off. The good thing is, is we don't have to approve. Nothing gets approved, but people can still comment in the middle of the night. So we still have, you know, the occasional rant that will happen, but it's been amazing when you, when you set, when you cast a vision and you're very true to sticking to the roles that you set out and enforcing those in a way that people can support and champion they become, you know, unofficial moderators and and will report content or shut people down. And it's really been um, quite interesting to see that evolution over the last 12 months. Yeah. So how have you seen the discussions kind of shift as you as you guys kind of monitor the the topics that are being talked about in your Facebook group? Yeah. Because um, at first it was very, you know, PPP and and, you know, safe practices. I'm sure now it's kind of gotten away from those initial discussions. But what kind of topics do you see now? It has. And, you know, and that was that was a concern of ours in launching something like this is what happens when the pandemic's over? And people don't need that information, you know, immediately or aren't seeking um, that information on our platform. But I think what we were able to to build and and when I say that we we built a, a platform, I mean, we didn't just throw a logo up and and start a group and tell all of our friends to come join it. Um, in the early days, I was doing routine live video. Um, we were putting business interviews in there, a lot of different things. And some of that we continue to do just a lot less frequently because the group sort of runs itself in terms of, of content. But what we have found is there's been a very natural transition in the content and focus of the group. You know, initially it was on those more immediate needs, but Still today, 13 months later, we have people who've lived in our community for 20, 30 years that are discovering restaurants that have been here forever or have found a new favorite hardware store or, um, you know, another service provider that, that they were unfamiliar with because of the recommendation of a peer. Um, I, I'll never forget one of our, our businesses had had closed because a, a truck had had run through their um <laughs> their convenience store. It's a convenience store that that also does fried chicken and a, a car had just run through the front of the store and they had closed up for a couple of months prior to the pandemic hitting. And then, you know, they reopen and the whole world shuts down. And between um, his, his efforts and, and Robin's to go, he attributes his 75% of his sales over the last 12 months to the engagement that he built in this one Facebook group. Now he posts routinely wow. every single day, but to hear success stories like that from our business community has really been a driving force in our continued commitment to providing this engagement point. Um, you know, it's 
awareness of the the chamber and what we were doing, you know, Brandon, I know you you've got a, a background in this and you understand and know the the important vital work that the chambers do and provide in our community, but oftentimes that's behind closed doors or maybe one one step removed our members at least know what's going on. But we've been able to leverage this platform to share with our entire community and showcase what we're doing, not by telling them what we're doing, but by them being an active participant in a, a service that that they value and um, and provide. And so, you know, any any given day, it's a, a good healthy balance of businesses promoting their current specials, residents, um, and even visitors popping on to to share a positive experience. Um, about a local organization or business or, you know, us becoming aware of and helping to, you know, gather support for needs that have have surfaced that are in the community. Yeah. Yeah. You never know when somebody's going to drive through your place of business, you know, through their wall. And (laughs) that is an amazing success story, though. Um, I love that you guys chose a name, Robins to go. You didn't say Robins Regional Chamber Facebook group because who would want to join? I mean, no offense, but right. I mean, right. you need to be relatable to the community and and the businesses and everything. So um, I love that the name reflects the community and it, it's not necessarily, hey, look at us, but look what we can do for you. Absolutely. And we've been very intentional about the focus being on the community, about the focus being on members. And the name was actually a a true labor of love, because as you can imagine, you know, in the beginning, it was about things you could get to go. Right. Um, And so as things evolved, there was a, a very healthy discussion in the group. And it's actually still there if anybody took the time to search for it and look. But we labored over five or six potential names to change the name of the group, too, because we were, you know, members of the group were saying, you know, everything we're open again. It's not really to go. The name doesn't fit. But as we, you know, as time moved on, it was clear that this was the go-to group. And so um, we were able to stick with it. And it's been amazing just to watch. Um, I I, I was in the drive-thru at Sonic getting a milkshake for my son the other day. And the cashier in the window said, oh my gosh, you're the Robins to go lady. (laughs) She doesn't know me from the chamber. She doesn't know me because my husband's the middle school band director. She knows me because of Robins to go and the benefit that that group and that page has brought her. And that happens at least three or four times a week. And so it's exciting (laughs) to see just how granular the impact has been of, of this particular effort. Yeah. And now you're a, a local celebrity too. You know. So, awesome. <laughs> so, you know, if outside of pandemic times for a chamber, I mean, we're still kind of in the midst of it, depending on where you're at and what state and everything, but we're not in the throes of, you know, all the information being thrown at us, you know, every, every 10 minutes, it seemed like at the beginning and in, in March where, you know, governors are making their statements and different entities were shutting down and businesses. I mean, it was every time you turned around, there was new information and some of it conflicting. So being able to have that source, I mean, it seemed to be great timing for you guys to launch this. But if a, a chamber were interested in, you know, hearing your success with it and interested in starting a face, Facebook group now, 
do you think it's worth trying to dive into now? And and how would you, with the experience you've had, if you were starting it now, how would you approach it? Yep. So actually, Brandon, um, one of the main successes of this group is that it has helped us identify needs in the community that we previously weren't aware of. And so I'm going to give you a quick example and then remind me to tell you where I was going with that, with the creation of a group. So we received a message through the group last April or May. Um, the you know we were we were kind of in shutdown mode at the time, um, but the question came from the wife of a local truck driver, and she was asking about truck parking. At that time, it was very common to see eighteen wheelers parked on the side of the road, lining exit ramps and in grocery store parking lot, all places they weren't supposed to be. These truck drivers were driving more routes and longer hours with nowhere to park in order to get needed supplies to consumers in the area. With us being in lockdown, you know, I don't know a lot about truck driving and parking requirements, but I did know we had a lot of empty parking lots, including a number of large churches in the area. So I reached out to our counterparts at the technical college and they were able to connect me with their CDL instructors who went out to our local churches and actually measured the parking lot. So we coordinated with the churches and they agreed to allow overnight truck parking. We had them measured and um, came up with specific criteria and with something as simple as a Google map, we were able to share a link, literally a link with one man Um, And he was able to put it through the truck driving community in the southeast. So truck drivers knew which lots had availability and how much vacancy they had. Um, It didn't take long for that to get picked up on the local news. And the friend of a guy who actually owns a company doing this, providing parking for 18 wheelers, got wind of it. And as a result, um, made contact with me. Fast forward, we don't have trucks parking in in church parking lots anymore, Um, but this company contracts with local local municipalities to utilize um, unused land that's in the the city or the county um, that, that, that they have on their books. And they lease the land, they secure it, they provide, you know, access and um, are able to monetize very nominally overnight truck parking. And now we already have two established lots here in Houston County, and they are in negotiations with other local municipalities in our region um, to set up three more. And those wow. that all came out of something that we otherwise, A, never would have been apprised of, but B, never would have had the, the wherewithal to, to step into that space and, and work through, you know, a solution that, that ended up driving economic development in our community. So, so back to the, the starting a group. Yes. We're actually have started, um, we started one and in June we'll be starting our second additional Facebook group and um, all out of needs that surfaced through the engagement in Robbins to go. So the first is called Robbins Works. So I'm sure like most of your listeners, um, Chambers for at least the first time in, in my 10 year career are faced with having to help employers both find workers who seem to not want to work everybody's hiring, right? 
Um, but also the those that do show up for work, we're seeing tons of bad reviews online that people are trying to to post or share a bad review or a bad customer service experience from businesses that we know pride themselves on customer service and in making contact with them. They share with us the struggles about hiring, hiring and training hourly employees, getting people to finish their shifts, and then just rude customers to the employees who do show up. And so morale is low, you know, people are working longer hours and working harder. And so we started this group called Robins to Works as a way to connect employers with job seekers, because we also have, um, you know, we still have people actively seeking work. We just didn't know who they were. Our members were posting in Robins to Go, but as you can imagine, we have 150 plus posts every day. We have thousands of comments every day. Those help wanted posts were getting buried because it wasn't a, a sale on sunglasses or buy one, get one free cupcakes. Right. Yeah. And so we started this, this other group in order to address that. And we launched it 23 days ago. So we launched wow. it on April the 1st, um, really thinking that group wouldn't grow beyond three or 400 because we knew it was a very targeted audience that we were looking for. We partnered with a local staffing company who is our presenting sponsor for that. So in addition to us driving content and engagement, they are both for employers and job seekers. They are driving content. We've got our development partners, Department of Labor, Development Authority, Technical College, all of them in there providing information about job fairs and resources and training programs. Um, we're now sitting at about 890 members with roughly 50 coming on every week. And it's amazing when we read through the screening questions, um, the job seekers are are legitimately looking. And we've already had a few success stories of people who have hired from individuals that they connected with in the group. And so that's been a really exciting um, endeavor. We're going to have monthly Facebook lives. Our first one is going to go live in a couple of weeks, and we're going to be highlighting a few employers who are doing creative things in order to keep their existing employees and um, recruit other hourly wage workers. So just excited to see that evolution that has, has come out of Robins to go. And then the other one, and, and Brandon, I think this is probably our biggest area of focus as we return to in-person meetings and events. What the knowledge that we have gained over the last 12 months about who is engaging on Robins to go is that especially our members that engage in Robins to go tend to be restaurants retail, um, residential service type organizations, people that due to the nature of their job will likely never set foot in an in-person chamber meeting. Yeah. We still have to service them. We still have to drive value. We can't, you know, give them this one year of exceptional service, regardless how long they've been a member and then pull it back because we've got to go focus on our, our in-person crowd now. And so um, in an effort to continue to 
provide them some of the benefits that they could get from our in-person programming. Um, we're going to be launching a group called Boss, and I stole the name from my good friend Henry Florsham out in Wichita Falls. Um, it stands for Business Owner Sharing Solutions, and that will be a private closed group exclusively for chamber members. And then beyond that, um, it's it's designed for decision makers, so owner operators, um, executive level management to talk about, you know, HR issues or even things as basic as when the um, the folks come into town or start making calls asking you to support one of the local high schools in a you know printed calendar that they're doing, but turns out none of the money is actually going to the school. They can use that as a private network to bounce those, you know, that information off of one another. Um, we've also seen informal networks emerge um, for getting supplies and PPP as we've had supply chain disruption. And we feel like this private Facebook group is going to give them an even greater audience of peers to share that knowledge with, to ask for resources with. And we're really excited to see where that takes us. That is great. I would, Cause I was curious with uh, just members joining uh, Facebook groups, not necessarily chamber members, but just member, you know, for the Facebook groups. And it sounds like they're still, I mean, if there's a need in the community, they will find the group and they will join. They'll be active. Absolutely. Um, and yep. I, I love that the, uh, if this becomes a resource, not that you're looking for more to do. I mean, <laughs> you've got plenty to do, but, but it keeps you plugged into the community. It keeps you relevant as to what's, what the needs are and to be able to help provide those solutions. So I think you're you're teaching us a lot from what you're learning <laughs> through the through this group uh, setup. Um, so I know we need to start wrapping up here, but I wanted to ask you, based kind of on our discussion, your experiences here, what would be one tip or action item that you would suggest for a chamber champion listening that they could do to help take their organization up to the next level? Very good. Before I answer that, you when you said members that last time, it made me think that I, I haven't shared this. So, you know, one of the um, great benefits of the group, of course, has been being able to highlight our existing chamber members. So because we moderate the group and have to approve the post, as soon as we approve a post from a chamber member business, we go in either as me as myself or as the, the chamber page and, and put a, a decal, um, a sticker that says proud member of the Robbins Regional Chamber as the first comment on that post. And our chamber members love it. Um, if one ever slips through that we miss, they will gently let us know that we have missed that or another member will go in and put the sticker on, which I think is fun. And it's just a graphic that we made in, in Canva that we, you know, we plug in there as an image, but it gives them a sense of pride. It reminds them that, hey, you're the ones helping us um, be able to provide this service. But we have also gained about 55 new members since June of last year through Robins to Go, people that said, hey, I want to be a part of this, or I finally get and understand the value of the chamber. So it's also a great recruitment and retention platform for us. So if I'm thinking about, you know, what someone, you know, a, an action step that they could do, I think the biggest thing I would say is find the need and fill it. And you know, as I mentioned, as we return to in-person events and hopefully, you know, our, our counterparts across the country are, are able to do that sooner than later, 
a far larger percentage of our members are never going to be served by our in-person activities. And so as we evaluate our steps forward, I believe our greatest opportunities as organizations lie in engagement beyond. And so whether that's creating an online community like a Facebook group or a podcast like we're doing today that you're able to drop in the inboxes or, um, you know, get subscribers um, through your membership or, or videos and, and all the different ways that you can utilize video, either live interviews or, or in person. I think that's our greatest frontier and um, just find the need, figure out a way to, to step into that gap. And like you said, people will find you. If there's a need and you're providing a solution, um, the right people are going to find out about it. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned podcasts because being my background where I'm at, if I was sitting in your seat with my experience doing the podcast, I would be using that tool of a Facebook group for content. And yeah. I'd be pulling out members and saying, will you come on the podcast, tell their story, tell what's going on. I mean, such a valuable resource. And then you could also use that platform to help distribute the episodes too, and, you know, get people to listen and subscribe. So anyways, yeah. that that's my little shameless plug chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn how to podcast at your chamber. <laughs> so, um, so for anybody listening who would like to get in contact with you, follow up with how you did it, you know, with your your Facebook group or maybe steps on what they could do, you know, to to get started themselves, what would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you to to maybe further this discussion offline? Sure. Well, since our discussion is about online community, first I'll let everybody know you can find me on Facebook. I have both a personal profile and professional page, April Brooks Bragg. That's like a book bag with no R's. So April Brooks Bragg on Facebook. Um, or you could email me at a Bragg, B-R-A-G-G, like the fort, at robinsregion.com. All right. And I will get that updated in the show notes for this episode. And also I'll plug the, uh, the uh, Robins to go Facebook group on there too. So if people want to go on and check it out and see how you guys are doing things, uh, that would be a good place for them to find it. And that'll be at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 118. But April, thank you so much for coming on Chamber Chat Podcast with me today. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. I'm so happy for the success you guys are seeing with the Facebook group and being able to, most importantly, serve those businesses in your community when it was such an important need at that time. Brandon, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. 
In addition to these savings, Swipeit has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipeit by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.